You've found the only podcast that freshens your breath while you listen. Hey, let me ask you something. On this episode, Kristen and Ralph shake off the cobwebs and discuss re-emerging into society after the quarantine, being overwhelmed by a full social calendar, what work looks like after a year of Zoom meetings, how there's no such thing as normal or perfect, setting healthy personal boundaries, being more intentional and purposeful, and contemplate the joys and pitfalls of COVID relationships. And as always, the views expressed on the Hey, Let Me Ask You Something podcast are solely the opinions of your hosts, Kristen Wood and Ralph Andracchio, and are based on their years of practical and clinical experience. These opinions do not constitute any kind of advice, diagnosis, or treatment of any mental, physical, or emotional issues. If you are having emergency or any serious ongoing situations, please contact your local hospital or a trusted professional. You can find this complete disclaimer on our podcast homepage. And now, on with the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Hey, Let Me Ask You Something podcast, the home of common questions and uncommon answers. My name is Ralph. My name is Kristen. And we are back again to help you navigate the cold, cruel world that is almost post-COVID 2021 now. Thank goodness. Things are getting back to normal or whatever that is. <laughs> whatever, yeah. Normal. What is normal? There is no such thing as normal. Not a fan of the word normal anyway. So I am not right. either. Yeah, I try to steer people away from normal as much as possible. What do you, what do you say to your clients instead of normal? Um, it, it depends on the context. I would say healthy, maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't, it would depend on the context to which they were referring to normal. I think if they were saying it's not normal or I'm not, I'm not normal, then I would have to go into, you know, the way they're talking to themselves and how we're, the message you're sending yourself, et cetera, et cetera. I try, I was for the longest time saying average, like an average day or like an average way to do things. I, yeah, I'm trying to think of what's like, maybe just saying what's best for you at this moment or something like that, because that's what I do with, with perfect too. I hate the word perfect. It's so confining and constricting. So I, I like to get people to think of different ways to say it. Like for me, it's the best I can do right now with what I got. Exactly. And when it comes to normal, what is, who, who, what is even the definition of normal? I don't know what normal is. Normal is different from every, for everybody, and all different people have perceptions, different perceptions of what's normal behavior or what's not normal behavior. Yeah. Normal's the man keeping us down is what normal is. Mm-hmm. It's Amen. The, it's the establishment. And if you, if you don't fit into what the establishment wants... You're abnormal. <laughs> Which is worse than normal. Which I hate that word even more than normal. Grosser than normal. <laughs> yes, ew, ew. Stop using those words, everybody. So I'm excited about today because we have some really interesting questions. Yes, we are very excited of what we have got to work with today. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, thank you to everybody who's a fan of the show. Thank you to everybody who's writing in. Thank you to our friends and networking colleagues and clients and because we get these ideas from everywhere and this week is a good one. Yes. So the big overarching question this week is about readjusting and I think the best way to put it is how 
do I readjust back into society after COVID? Right. You know, and I think that speaks to what we were talking about before, about normal, perfect, average, whatever, however you want to put it. What, how do I readjust and get back into some semblance of, or some echo of what I was doing before? And although we all wanted to get back into our daily routines and um, resume some of the activities and see friends and family, I think what a lot of people are finding is that they are um, overwhelmed by doing nothing. We've been sitting around in our sweatpants for over a year, having nothing to do, and now all of a sudden, especially this time of year with graduations and proms and Mother's Day and all this stuff, that all of a sudden our schedules are getting filled up and we're not used to it. And so it's causing a lot of sort of overwhelming feelings, some stress for people. Um, and I'm not speaking about people specifically with social anxiety. I'm talking about people that love to be social. But it felt a little bit like it went from zero to 100, at least for me, very, very quickly. And we're all just trying to acclimate. Yeah. And, and uh, speaking as an introverted extrovert myself, I enjoyed like, Oh, we all have to stay inside all the time and not do great. I love this. This is all. But then after a couple months, I was like, I miss everybody. I miss going to out to eat and I miss going to have a drink with people. And I met, you know, and you're right. Getting back into the swing of things. And all of a sudden now I can hang out without a mask inside and go eat and go see my friends and have a house party. And it's a lot. It can be too much in, in some way, in some facet for people. And I can understand that. So I think maybe that's the first thing that some people were talking about readjusting, you know, readjusting back into society is how quick is too quick? Like what's, what's a good speed for people to start getting back into what they used to do? Right. And how do you maintain some of the positive changes, a lot of people have made some nice positive changes to their lives. They've been, we were forced to slow down, right? We had to. We had no choice, we like it or not. And it really it was very difficult for a lot of people because it, it made people have to sit with their, their, their struggles, their things of that nature, and, and wouldn't have as many distractions to get away from it. But at the same time, it, it also forced us to find new hobbies and for some people uh, really hone in on self-care and making that a priority and so how do we resume life and have a nice balance to keep some of those practices that are really positive for us while also being more social and doing more things and maybe going back to the office how do we what does that balance look like now there was so much time before and now things are piling up, calendars are filling. And so how do we keep those practices in place in a way that, so that we don't, like I said, go from zero to 100 and we find what speed's going to work? What do you think of the word balance? Because I kind of put it in a category with normal and average and, you know, those words we use to kind of, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word lazy, but like it's kind of like shorthand for describing a state of being and I think balance is one of those words that can throw us off you know it's balance 
balance denotes everything is is equal on both sides of the scale and that's not true for anybody like just when I think of myself and my work-life balance using air quotes it's not both sides of scale aren't equal you know I have a certain amount of the day that I work but then the majority of my day is doing stuff behind the scenes that some people may not consider work but it's still part of my business and you know but it to me it's fun so it's like it's not necessarily you know I'm not sitting at a desk from 9am to 5pm you know typing away on a keyboard but it, it it's still for me that's how I've set my life up so I think personally the word balance can be one of those words that leads us down a, a, a side street instead of staying, staying on the main course does that I, I think I, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll respond in what I think you're saying. <laughs> don't sugarcoat it. No, I don't sugarcoat. I'm a straight shooter. Everyone that knows me knows that. Uh, no, I I get what you're saying. I don't think I've actually thought about it that way. I don't know how many of us have balance all the time, and is it unrealistic right. to even think you do? Sometimes you're going to have to spend more time and energy in one area of your life than you are in another. So are we ever really balanced where it's equal? Right. All the time. Are there moments? Yes, I do think there's maybe moments, but I don't know that there are long moments when everything is in balance or whatever, whatever other word you might want to put in there. Right. But is that really the norm? Is that really what happens every day? No, I think it has. we have to shift. We have to shift it back and forth. Like I said, sometimes our personal lives are going to need more attention and more time than our work lives and vice versa. Right. So that's a good point, actually, sort of evaluating that word balance that I hadn't thought about. Right, because just, again, speaking for myself, there's some days where, I, as, you know, 9 a.m. to 5 or 6, I am working. Like, I have a ton of calls. I have networking events. I have presentations. Like, that's just the way it worked out, and that's fine. Um, but there's other days where I may have one client and then the rest of the day is I'm working on other parts of my business or I have time like, okay, cool. Now I can fix the back door or like clean the bathroom or do something. And for me, that's, I don't want to use the word balance, but for me, that's like the, uh, uh, it feels good. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm addressing every aspect of my life that needs for me to be addressed, you know? And so if you're... I think what I'm trying to say is if somebody is worried or, or, or thinking about, oh my God, my work-life balance or my work personal play time is like out of whack or out of balance or whatever, it's what you need in that moment. It's what you need that day. So if you have a day where it's more work than anything else because that's just the way the schedule worked out, that's okay. And if you have a day where it's not so much work and you have more time for personal stuff or relationship time or like going to see a movie awesome you know it's it's how everything it's how everything balances out averages out like at the end of the week at the end of the month at the end of the year like it's does that make sense yes and I think it it, I don't know things that popped in my head were being forgiving of yourself too the word perfectionism came up for me yeah for the first time I think I connected balance with perfectionism and I hadn't thought about it that way but I guess it can if people are so regimented 
that they're trying to have 50% this, 50%, whatever it is, then that can push a person to put pressure on themselves to be perfect. I have to spend this much time with my family. I have to spend this much time at work, and that's what I do. And I'm not saying there might be some people out there that do that. I'm good for them. I, I don't think that's a majority. Mm-hmm. I think it's impossible for most people to do that, even thinking of parents right now, too. How can you do that with children? I don't know what the heck's going on, right? You could have one day where you are expecting to finish up a project and your child's sick and that whole thing goes to the wayside and you have to spend your entire day that day on family. So I think in striving to achieve balance, is, is, it's important to try to steer clear of that word perfect, perfect or perfection because that's where at least a lot of people I work with struggle. And mm-hmm. I, I think that that's when it can get a little, a little dicey. And I, I also think that... Um, you know, when it comes to each day's different, I think each day's different's good. I think when we might bring the word balance back up in a, in a, in a less uh, negative light is, or I'm sorry, in a more positive light, is when we're what, going so far on one side all the time and we need to kind of swing the pendulum the other way. Mm-hmm. And also uh, using other people as a yardstick for your own success. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, I, I, I work with that a lot with my clients in terms of your, it's what's right for you, your journey, your goals, your, you know, your struggle, your framework you're building for yourself. Don't look at anybody else and say, well, they can do it. Why can't I? Their journey's different. Their, their life is different. They arrived at that point a totally different way than you will ever do it. So I think perfect also smacks of that as well. Of like perfect compared to what? Perfect compared to who? Like who's perfect? What's perfect? Is it is it this other person you're looking at with the perfect house and the perfect kids and the perfect life and like that's what I want? You can be inspired by somebody else. Like, oh, you know, that's interesting. I wonder how they did that. You know, that would... Well, can I what can I take away from that and kind of think about for me? But I think if you try to be like somebody else, that's where perfect becomes that, that kind of confining space where it kind of, it, sh- it strangles all the fun out of life. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. So t- speaking of, you know, for lack of a better term, rebalancing when we come out of COVID and kind of reenter society is those, uh, self-care habits that we may have either grown during quarantine or <laughs> or ignored during quarantine, right? Uh, maybe we've, you know, went off our diet or we're, have been drinking a little too much or whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, any kind of self-care habits that we have during, during quarantine, any hobbies that we've developed during quarantine, that's is worth talking about too in terms of how how can people carry that with them back into when we we're not quarantined anymore what are your thoughts about that yes and and we talked about this too prior to as we always do i said that last week (laughs) but uh yeah i think that look for some people a lot of unhealthy habits have evolved during um this past year and obviously for those individuals, it's important to see what they can do to try to get back to a better self-care. But there's also those people that put a lot of positive practices in place. And some people that had never thought about a hobby. I don't know what a hobby, I don't have a hobby. What the hobby do I have, you know? 
You and don't have a hobby? No, but I think... Stamp collecting? <laughs> Baseball cards? Collecting no. but belly button lint? Yes, yes, that's a, that's a top one. But I think a lot of people had never really slowed down and thought about it enough. Um, and they had to. In yeah. the pandemic, we were, you know, we had to get creative. We were coloring again. We were painting. And puzzles took off like crazy. I never got into the puzzles. But people were puzzling. Is puzzling even a word? It, 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 yes, it is. <laughs> it should be. Dan and I did three jigsaw puzzles during the course of the pandemic. There you go. Yep. So, and those are nice things. And people were forced to do things with one other person or forced to do things alone. And, you know, how do we just not let all that go by the wayside now that everything's going to start speeding up? You're going to be invited here. You're going to be invited there. So that time, you're, you're going to have to go here or have to go there, attend this networking event or this whatever event. And so how do we put boundaries in place with these, uh, I want to say some obligations, some just invitations to create that space for ourselves to carry those practices out still? Yeah, I... Um, I remind myself and also try to remind my clients when they, when they have a habit that they enjoy or something that they do, a hobby, something, vaping, stamp collecting, whatever, petting horses that may not be your own, I don't know, whatever the case may be, and just think, like, don't judge it. This is my biggest thing I tell everybody. Don't just stop saying, is it good? Is it bad? Is it, is it, you know, evil? Is it, it's not, it just is. Just look at it as it is. It's just a point of fact. It's just a point of data on the line. Like, the more we can take the subjective judging out of things, I think we can be a whole lot happier and healthier. I digress, everybody. Um, but think about habits that you've developed during the course of the quarantine that you enjoy, that you're just like, this is fun. This is objectively fun. I found this thing I enjoy doing. If it's like running more, if it's going for a walk with friends, if it's like spending time to journal, if it's meditate, whatever it is, I found this thing that I enjoy. Great. The next question should be, how can I do more of this as I re-enter society? Like, yes, we're going to be hanging out more, more parties, more networking events, going to work, back to work, you know. Look at your schedule and say, where is the time I can carve out? If I really do enjoy this thing and it makes me a better person, it makes me happy, it's a positive thing I'm doing, it opens up my vision so I can see more opportunities, how can I hold on to this thing? And, and I think that's... It's a very simple thing to do. It doesn't have to be uh, like changing your whole schedule. Just pick one thing. I enjoy this one thing that I was doing. How can I keep this one thing or some essence of this one thing in my schedule? Like if I have to go back to the office every day, but I really enjoyed taking a walk every day, you know, how can I like maybe during my lunch break, I can take a walk around the block or every two blocks and like, do a little window shopping and go grab a grab a bite to eat. You know, I don't know if this is possible, but it's like that's an option that's available to like meld the two things together. Right. I think you're going to have to be a lot more intentional and a lot. These are my two favorite words that clients would, <laughs> if any of you are listening, <laughs> intentional and purposeful. Mm -hmm. Those are my words. I think I don't think we had to necessarily be maybe in the beginning when you're trying to incorporate a new practice into your life. Of course, you have to be intentional and purposeful. But again, I go back to time. We had so much time.
for so long, too much time for some of us, uh, that now you're really going to have to, like you said, put it on the calendar or figure out how to carve it in there. Um, a lot of people weren't slowing down. They realized that. I was doing too much. I wasn't taking enough time for myself. How do you keep yourself from not doing that all over again? And you're going to have to make an appointment with yourself. You're going to have to put it on the calendar, likely. You're going to have to say, I was going out five days a week, and now I'm making sure that at least two of those days I'm at home doing X, Y, or Z, because that was really good for me. And it's the same thing with things that aren't good for you. I mean, it's just the opposite. You know, how, how do I put some things in place that maybe were positive that I was doing prior to COVID? How do I get those things back so I can maybe let go of some of these more negative things that I've gotten myself into, such as, um, you know, too much drinking or too much eating or, or whatever the case may be. And I don't want to leave anybody out who who um, had a different experience during quarantine because there are people who were stuck home with their kids and, you know, instead of having way too much time to do stuff, they had no time. They had negative time to do stuff for themselves because everybody was around and they, they you know, their schedule was disrupted in terms of childcare and school and, you know, I, I can't even imagine what parents have gone through the past 14 months of having to stay home with kids, take care of their online learning, you know, childcare, feeding, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, playtime. Like, I can't, I, I mean, I, I can barely handle play, scheduling playtime for myself, and I'm a 45-year-old man, so <laughs> I can't imagine. So it's like, for those people... Emerging back into society means the kids are going back to school. Childcare is opening back up. You know, there's there's more opportunity for them to reclaim some of that time that they didn't have. And you know, maybe the same thing applies. What were you doing before the pandemic started that you can get back to that you miss that you know. And it's being intentional and purposeful and saying, I want to get my meditation time back. I want to get my half hour in the gym back every day, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm glad you brought that up because obviously I'm speaking from a single person with no <laughs> right. children. So I'm glad you brought that whole other population up that I, I we hadn't addressed yet today because that I thought often, often and hard about how difficult that must be. It's the opposite of those who live alone and don't have a family. Can't get alone, can't get away, can't have time for self. So absolutely, that's a whole other piece that I'm hoping these, the parents out there are getting some reprieve here. Uh, camps are going to be opening too with school, school letting out soon. Camps, hopefully you're going to get your kids into some of those activities and you're going to get some of that time back. And be able to do some of those things because I, I felt so bad this entire time, especially for those parents with small children. It's already difficult enough to be a parent from what I've been told, uh, but, but having to do it in this situation, I mean, kudos to all of you. I, I just can't even imagine. It's already hard enough for parents to get time for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, in my mind, brings me to... Another thing that I'm curious about, which is relationships. Yes. COVID relationships, right? It sounds scary, but actually, 
things have been different dating wise, hooking up wise. You know, I, I don't know. I've been with the same person for 21 years. I hope he doesn't. I'm not, I hope I didn't make a mistake and he hears this and <laughs> challenges me. I believe it's 21. Um, to, to, you know, I, I, I can't imagine how my single friends did it of, you know, we took so much for granted in terms of Tinder or Bumble or OkCupid or Grinder, whatever, you know, whatever you're on to like find people to date or hook up with or whatever, that was difficult slash impossible to do for the last 14 months. And if you did find somebody that you ended up being in a relationship with during the quarantine, it's like your relationship grew in this weird time where you didn't have all those social outlets. So how does that relationship translate into reemerging back into society? Right. I mean, look, if you made it through COVID in a relationship, good for you. You're all, you all get a gold star. I mean, that, that's, that's, Puffy, yeah. <laughs> puffy stickers for everybody. Puffy stick. Oh my god, I love puffy stickers. Right. Puffy stickers for everybody. I think it's it does speak a lot to the relationship, newer or or a long term relationship. But I do. I've seen this in my uh, person with my friends, personal life. I've also heard my clients talk about it. Social interaction, your partner's friends, how that all works. What's the balance between our time together versus our time with friends? What do you like to do? I mean, honestly, you haven't been able to go to a movie. You haven't been able to go to a museum. You haven't been able to go and uh, do anything, really. It's all been closed down. So now you have to figure all that out. And I don't know what people think, but I believe strongly that that is a very important part of a relationship that a lot of people haven't been able to assess, I guess, and go through and experience is... Uh, is my partner as social as I am? If they're not, is that okay? Or am I not as social as my partner? Do I hate their friends or love their friends? What do their friends like to do versus what my friends like to do? And is that what my partner wants to do? I mean, there's, there's so many things that people are just dipping their, their toe in the pool with right now. And I, I do think, I'm not saying it's the most important thing in a relationship, but I do think it's very important. I do think it's important because some people really need that. And if their partner does not or doesn't want to do it, it can cause a problem in the relationship if, it's, if you can't figure a way to work it out. And not that you both have to be the same, because you don't, but figuring out how to do all of that. <laughs> just, as you were talking, I just imagined this couple like emerging from COVID, <clears throat> and their first trip out is like, we both enjoy art. Let's go to the museum. And then they're like, great. And they get, the, you know, they get in a cab, and they go to the museum, and they're all like starry-eyed that they get to walk around the museum arm in arm together and they like they get to the steps in front of the museum and the one person's like oh i can't wait to go visit the america the early american wing and the other person's like you enjoy early american art and then they <laughs> break up immediately right, there, the right there immediately at the steps to the uh to the art museum that would be fun i'm gonna write that uh, I'm going to write that down in my journal. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, it, little things like, I mean, it was a joke, but little things like that really do, you kind of, you don't think about how subtle and subconscious a lot of that stuff is when you first start seeing somebody of when you go out, 
somebody gravitates towards a certain kind of art or a certain kind of music or a certain kind of food. And you're like, you compromise in the moment of like, oh, you like Bing Bing? You like, uh, you know, you like Pad Thai? You like burgers? Great. You know, we'll do that. And then tomorrow we'll do Mexican because I like Mexican. And then, you know, you, you start to go out in the world and walk around the city and eventually it's like, oh, I didn't know this about you. Or like, you have to reevaluate these things. And maybe it's awesome like great we're getting along great but I think you have to be to answer the question I think as relationships that started during COVID emerge back into society I think both people have to be open and honest with each other and uh, to use your words intentional and purposeful in terms of like hey, this is going to be different. Like, we get to hang out with your friends and my friends and, you know, let's see what happens. Let's not make any snap judgments right away. You know, if we really like each other, let's figure this out. Right, you might not like their friends. What if you don't like their friends? I mean, that's I hate possible. Dan's friends. <laughs> for the burning. His friends are my friends, so it's, I can't. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you know, again, it's not all doom and gloom. I don't think that this is going to be the experience for everyone. But I do think through experience as well as through working and personal experience, I, I do think that this is an important component. Because if, for instance, you are a very social person and you kind of like to flit around as a social butterfly and your partner is super uncomfortable and maybe uh, anxious when they're out, that can be really tough. To, not, not impossible, not like you can't work it out, but that can be tough to navigate. And... You know, I do think hopefully you meet their friends and you like their friends. But, you know, it shows a side of a person when you meet their friends, too. Mm -hmm. It really, really does. It took me way too long to figure out that people's friends are a reflection of them. Good or bad. Doesn't have to be good or bad. But just, you know, that entire piece, I think, is 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 very important. You all are still together, so you learned how to be together and hopefully be happy through COVID. So now, now what? Question mark, question mark. Question, that's what this show's for, all the question marks. Yeah, now what? And, and some of it has to do with environment. You know, you get to change your environment where, where you're, where this relationship exists, it's, it's transferring from this cocoon into the real world. And that translates to other things we're doing as well, and, uh, like work. You know, we were working in our respective bubbles, and now businesses are opening back up, companies are opening back up, offices are opening back up. So it's translating what you've been doing into a more public sphere. And it, it, it begs the question for, for work as well, how do we, how do we return to work? How do we, how do we reemerge into society through our jobs, you know, cause we've all got a taste of working from home, working remote, you know, teleconferencing. Do people still say teleconferencing? I think they say, well, they say telehealth for me. I think they do say teleconferencing. Okay. It feels it's like not one I say a lot cause I'm not really conferencing. It's, I don't know. I'm under the healthcare field. Ralph. Yeah. It, so it, it feels like an old, like late seventies, <laughs> early eighties word of like, Teleconferencing. The I have call thing. waiting coming in. <laughs> Film at eleven. Um, all right, if it's still valid, I'll use I, it. I don't, 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 
Don't quote me um, on this. I'm just uh, giving you my, my initial I gut reaction will here. will quote you as, <laughs> as long as I can. Kristen said teleconferencing Kristen, is still a word. Kristen Wood said teleconferencing, <laughs> yes. Exclamation point. Um, but it, it's the same thing. You know, I've gotten used to working from home. I've gotten used to, you know, having Zoom meetings. I, you know, now my office is opening back up. What if I want to stay home? You know, what if I want to... And how much of this is on the employee and how much of this is on the employer, you know? Yeah, I, I think some people don't have a choice, right? Some people have right. never had a choice. They've been at work this whole time, which but, yes. has been probably tough. And, and a lot of those people are um, essential workers, yes. of course, but a lot of them are retail, you know, food service people who... All deserve. I'm gonna. I'm gonna show my politics right now. But they all deserve fifteen dollars an hour and up. You know, Agreed. we can't. You can't call somebody an essential worker and pay them like two dollars and fifty cents an hour and expect them to live on tips. Like I was a server. I get it. It sucks. Like just pay people fifteen dollars an hour. There's businesses that are doing it. Yes, you have to factor in like. Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to raise the price of our, our, you know, products and people don't want to shop here anymore. That hasn't happened. You know, if you have, it, at most, if you have to add like five cents to a burger, I don't think people are going to be like, I'm never shopping here again. These burgers are so expensive. <laughs> you know, it don't, don't write, don't at me. You know, what I, just, you know, people are entitled to their opinion, but I am in the, of the opinion that... You know, the people that have been working through the whole pandemic, especially food service, retail, you know, the people who we don't think of, of essential workers like doctors, nurses, firefighters, you know, they've all been out there. They need to be compensated fairly and treated with love and respect. So Agreed, yeah. And, and rant, getting off my soapbox. <laughs> no, I think it's... I think it's tough. I think there's some people, like I said, that don't have a choice. It is what it is, and you're gonna have to. If you're gonna keep your job, you're gonna do what your job tells you to do. But I also think that there's some people that have a choice, and for some people, they feel, from what, who I've spoken to, they just would want to work from home. That, that like I just want to stay at home. And then there's some people like I can't wait to get back to the office, and then there's just some people that don't know. And and what is the best choice? You think you want, you know, we all wanted things to go back to normal. I'm using air quotes. And do what, our, get our lives back the way they were. But do we? Now that we've adjusted to this way of life, are we really going to be happy? So if we've been saying the whole time, I can't wait to get back to the office. I can't wait to get back to the office. Don't forget, though, you've also gotten really used to sitting in your sweatpants Right. And rolling out of bed whenever you want, not really whenever you want, but way later if you don't have to commute, and doing your job and then being at home and not having to do, you know, all that traveling. So I, I sometimes, I was, Ralph and I spoke about this a little bit too, of, and I'm speaking a little personally here too, just, you know, I thought I want to go back to work, I want to go back to work, I want to, I mean, go back to the office. I mean, I've been working the whole time, but, but do I, you know, it, and, and will I, we don't know yet, but. You think you, you want it back, but everything is so different now. So what do you really want? What is going to really work? What's going to be, if you have the option, that is, what is the best option? And I think you and I are of the same mind in terms of self-advocacy of, you know, 
advocate for yourself, do what's best for you and how you work you know, most effectively in your role because you were hired for what you do, not how you do it. I'm, I'm speaking in a very, you know, utopian way. And I realize it's also, there's, it's a very sticky wicket because it's up to the company or the organization and how, you know, they want their, their team members to work. I get that, you know, if they want everybody to work in the office, you have to do that. I I get that. But I think there's room for compromise here. And I think there's, you know, it's an, it's a brave new world because we're all reemerging from this 14 month quarantine there is room for, for businesses to say, to, to loosen the grip a little bit and say, you know, if you work better at home, great. If you want to come into the office, great. If you want to do a hybrid, great. Um, and I realize there are arguments for people working back in the office because it it's better for team cohesion and you get to see people face to face and it's better for communication and, you know, all, you know, team building, all that stuff. And I think that's great. But I think I think the 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 soil is ripe for the conversation to happen. I think that's what I'm saying. No, but I, I I don't know that it's so hard to know the answers. I think right now some people are very clear. They are very clear. They know exactly what they want to do, and they are or they are not able to move in the direction that they want to. But I think that it's. It, for some people, it's very individual. You know, some people will, will go back to the office. If they have an option. I'm talking about people have an option. If you don't have an option, that's, that's one thing. Decisions made for you. But if you have an option, some people will go in a few days and not and work from home a couple days. I do know that the uh, some employers that I've spoken to have felt as though their employees were not working as hard and not doing the best work when they were working from home. But then I've spoken to other employers who thought, why have we been paying to keep this office up and running when this person and this person or all of our people can do it just as well from home? So I think, you know, and I'm no connoisseur on other businesses and what's going to work best for them by any means. But I think that that will be a lot to do with it, too, as to how these companies proceed and uh, whether they give you an option or not. It's obviously the nature of your work. Right. And I think, again, it's up to the individual. Like you said, it's up to the individual company what their policies are. But in my, in my point of view, I feel like companies have subscribed to this way of thinking that there's this inherent level of mistrust of their employees of like, if you're, if you're not here in the office and I can't see you working, I don't trust you to be doing your job and working. And I I think any relationship that is based on that kind of level of, you know, if there's this little tinge of mistrust there of like, well, if I can't see you, are you really working? You know, do we, do I trust you to work from home? You know, maybe change your policies or like loosen your grip a little bit. You know, if you, if you're hiring quality people who are qualified for the job and they're excited to be there and do the work and, they're going to want to do it no matter what, you know, and how they do the job. I, and it's just my way of thinking, but how people do the job, I don't think is as important as doing the job and get like, if you hire me to do a specific thing, I don't think it should matter how I do it or where I do it. As long as I do it, you know, you, you've hired me to do this thing. I'm giving you this thing, you know, 
<laughs> now that I say it, it sounds kind of shady, like, don't worry about where it came from. <laughs> it, like, it fell off the back of a truck. Like, don't worry about where this spreadsheet came from. I got it was on the you. back of a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I know a guy who knows a guy. Got you the spreadsheet, all right? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to go off on a tangent if we don't have time, but I was... I was thinking along those lines, too, that when people, kind of reflecting back to when people first started working from home, one of the things I had to work, not I had to, but I worked on a lot with my clients was boundaries. Mm-hmm. It was like, now we're home, and believing that you had to be accessible, especially my young clients that didn't have families, that they had to be accessible at all hours of the day, that, oh, well, what are you doing? That was the whole thing. Well, what could you be doing, especially during the lockdown? And, and, be, and, and having... To talk and some people did did well with it and some have not of, of putting boundaries in place that just because you're working from home whether you have kids or you don't have kids does not mean that you need to work 24 7 nor does it mean that someone with kids can expect somebody without kids to be responding to their eight o'clock email because that's when they can do it but I saw a lot of this happening so now this is another piece now there's so they're all expectations right and uh, we create these expectations and we create, uh, well, I'm just going to use that word. So I always tell people, you make them for yourself. So yes, you have certain responsibilities with work. You're supposed to work from this time to this time. You've got to do all your job responsibilities. But if you don't put boundaries down, if you don't take a lunch, if you don't turn the computer off at six and you keep working, people are going to start, they're going to keep emailing you, especially those that like to work at eight or nine. And, there, and, and, and it's up to you to put that in place. So that's another piece to this that I hadn't even thought of till right now, which is, okay, so say I go back to the office, whether it's every day or like a hybrid situation. Now, how, I'm not going to be, how do I adjust that now? You know what I mean? Whether you did it well or you didn't do it well, it's different again. Yeah. I, and when you were saying, uh, what are you doing? What could you be doing? You're supposed to be working. Like, Listen, buddy, if I'm working from home and I have a minute, I'm going to throw a load of laundry in or I'm going to, like, feed my kid or, you know, meet the cable guy at the door. I, that's honestly none of your business. Like, I'm getting my work done. Again, like, how I'm doing it shouldn't matter. You paid me to, to do the job. I'm doing the job. If I need to get up from my desk. and, But I, th- I feel like that's what was happening when people were at the office, too. Like... Oh, where are you going? What are you doing? I'm, I'm going to lunch. Or, like, I need to go to the bathroom. Or, like, I need to go pick this thing up, this file up from some. It's this, this like, incessant low level of mistrust that I feel. And it, maybe it's because I work for myself now and I'm, like, can't really fire myself. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I have. Yourself, yeah. I have. But it's, like... I'm, I, I've been there. Like, I, I've worked in the office. I've worked in companies that were gigantic, and I've worked with companies that are tiny, and I get it. It's like there's this weird balance that we have to strike between what the company wants and what the, what the employees want, but I feel like, again, there's room to have that conversation now. Within the scope of your job responsibilities, you, you, not anyone else, have to create those boundaries. Yeah. No one's going to create them for you. They are a business. They are trying to produce. They are trying to make money. So if you don't put the boundaries down, nobody's going to. Right. And the other thing that uh, frustrates me at times is that people look up to these people that work all the time, and they're so smart, and they're so this, and they, 
they're working 20 million hours a week and then they and I'm like that that's not healthy those people don't have any balance right. and then we're going back to that word that yeah. we, we're not sure how we feel about <laughs> I don't know how I feel about the word right now I, I'm having a I'm gonna have to regroup on my feeling around the word balance after this conversation I blew your mind about balance yeah I you did you blew my mind about balance but I, I think that you know, this is something I talked about before the pandemic, but I also talked about it throughout. You have to create them yourself. And if you don't, no one's going to for you, and you're going to just continue to do whatever it is you're doing, try to keep everybody happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It goes I, back to the perfectionism and pleasing people. I, I'm feeling like there's a there's a trend, or there's a there's through line in this whole conversation we've had today is the, the boundaries. You know, it's it, no matter if it's, personal within your own schedule of, you know, I just want to meditate more, or if it's with your office or your corporation of like how you want to work, how you work best. I I feel like setting those healthy personal boundaries is super, super important because if you're not good at setting boundaries, you're going to be that person that no matter if you work in the office or not, you're answering emails at 11 p.m. when you should be reading a book and getting ready for bed. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you start answering emails, making phone calls at those kinds of hours, people are going to keep sending you emails. People are going to keep expecting. People are going to... And that's, to me, for most people, I'm sure there's jobs out there where I'm wrong, but it's not a good precedent to send or a precedent to set. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it doesn't tell people the right things. And, and they're not trying to make your life hell or make you work more. People just get used to it. And that's that's probably not going to be healthy for you. They're doing what you're giving them permission to do. If if my clients see that I'm sending re- responding to their emails at 11 o'clock or midnight, they're going to assume oh, he's up and he's working, so I'm going to continue to send him stuff and expect a response at midnight, you know? Yes, he's always accessible. Even if, yeah, you almost have to, that again goes back to my favorite words, purposeful and intentional, is I've even told people that have a hard time with uh, not just feeling like they have, like an octopus, like they have to answer to everything immediately. I'm like, no, you don't. Purposely make yourself wait 10 minutes respond to that email. Wait a half an hour to make a phone call back. Don't pick it up on purpose. Not to be a jerk, not to be make people's lives hell, but just to, to send the message to people that I'm, I'm not always just right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it, again, setting boundaries, personal space, self-advocacy, all, all the stuff we've been talking about forever, it that goes into reemerging into society. I think you carry those, no matter what aspect of your life it is. We talked about a ton of aspects of life in this one episode, but I think no matter what it is, be conscious of your own boundaries, be respectful of other people's boundaries, advocate for what you need to succeed, and be open, um, be purposeful, and be intentional. Yes, and I've told people, I, I, not, I, I think we're wrapping up, right? Yes. Right, okay, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I, I've talked to people, sometimes it seems like when people have children, they're able to do this. I had a client I was working with that was, was, was about to have a child, and I kept saying, this is the stuff you want to work on now. You don't need to wait till you have a child. You want to lay the groundwork now, because guess what? Other people don't really love boundaries all the time. 
at all, especially when they're used to one way of doing it and it doesn't work best for them. Mm-hmm. They can buck at boundaries. That's, that can make it even harder for people to implement them consistently is when people push back on them. Yep. The new book by Kristen Wood, Bucking at Boundaries, <laughs> available at your local borders. <laughs> Ralph is lying. I've not written a book. Maybe someday. If you, if you do write a book, please call it Bucking at Boundaries. Okay. And I will go okay. on tour with you. <laughs> Just because. Just to say that. Just so I can tell my parents I'm on the Bucking at Boundaries tour. Right. You know, we're going to GMA next week, can't we? Right. <laughs> um, excellent. So I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, if you have any burning questions, uh, like the ones we've been addressing, uh, and you are interested to hear what a life coach slash improv comedian and a therapist slash social worker have to say about it, you can always email us at heyletmeaskyousomething at gmail.com. I know it's long, but it was the only one available. So Yeah, we struck, believe it or not, it took us more time than we should have had to weeks. take to yeah. get the email address yeah. together, but we, we, we did. And we really appreciate all your questions that have been coming in, and we're excited. Each week we get so excited to see what you guys want to ask us, and we love sitting here and chatting, and we hope that we are giving you some, some information, some insight. Uh, that's helpful. Yep. And if you know us personally, if you're friends with us or you're a client and you have a question that you think would be interesting to hear us talk about it for an hour uh, on a podcast, please uh, email us or, you know, talk to us and let us know. We'll be happy to address it. And as always, everything is confidential. We don't share any names or identifying information of anybody. So if you send us an email or talk to us about it in person, we're not going to share anything about you personally just the question. Your secret question is... is Your secret safe with us, yep, Bruce safe Wayne. With, that's what I was trying to spit out. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as always, uh, you can find me, if you're interested in working with me as a coach, at trueenginecoaching.com. I'm also on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search for Coach Ralph or True Engine Coaching. And where can they find you? You can find me um, on my website at thephillytherapistkristen.com. I have a profile on psychology today as well. I am accepting new clients if anyone is interested. I offer free phone consultations, so please reach out. Um, All my contact information is on my website. You can call me, you can email me, whatever works best for you. I would love to hear from you. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. And uh, remember to send your questions in, and we'll see you next time. See you next week. Thank you.